0: This is the GPL Podcast from gopherputtlive.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. GPL Podcast, episode number 164. Well, usually we're on our break at this time of year, but uh, we decided to, to do a show anyway because uh, well, we lost one of the greats in Doug Wooga this past weekend, and who else to have on the podcast than, of course, Frank Mazzacco, who, Frank, you're just going to be linked to the Booger for the rest of your life, and that's, okay. and that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be okay.
0: Yeah, it would definitely be okay because uh, you guys broadcast together for you know quite a few years, not as long as maybe people remember. Um, but I want to say it was the early two yeah. thousands. You guys started broadcasting together after uh, Tom Reed had moved on to the Wild, and after a short stint with Reed Larson by your side, you brought the Wooger
1: in, and uh, and then you guys kind of <laughs> became quite the pair. We. Often confused and as uh, Siamese twins and joined at the hip um, v did you figure out what the exact first year was of his full time? I know you sent me that email earlier, but I didn't do the math
2: um you know, I was kind of going through, and I think it it took him a year after the wild started, so that would have been uh oh gosh, now you're putting me on the spot again well yeah. I think 0-3. it was I think it was two thousand one. Two thousand and two yeah. is when he went full time. Yeah, because
0: the, the the previous year you had Reed Larson come on to take uh Tom Reed's spot. And uh I think people But well, when did knew... the
1: Wild start?
0: Wasn't that two thousand? Two thousand is when the Wild started. So yeah, it was that year. And then I so think we towards were the end towards the end of the season old. you brought in Doug as a kind of a third man. Yes. And then he became full time the next season, which would have been 2001, 2002. So, I mean, that's my True. best. I mean, so that's what I so remember. Yeah. So
1: we did eight years together. Then that's
0: yeah. And you did about the same or close with Tom Reed. I want to say, didn't you?
1: you, uh, you were a pair for quite a while. <clears throat> Tom started, we started 92 or 93. Yeah. And what'd you say? He left in 2000. So that yeah. would have been about seven years. Yeah. Something like that. <clears throat> Am I talking loud enough, boys? I feel we, like I'm mumbling here. We cause...
0: hear you just fine. <laughs> okay.
2: Cool. So, if I Frank, not you figure have my... your shelf life with someone is about seven or eight years? Is that I basically have... what you're telling us? No. <laughs> no, their their shelf life
1: with me. <laughs> I remember going up to Grand Forks. Um, God rest his soul, um, Mr. Marvin. Uh, <clears throat> ah, first name. Um you know, from Marvin Windows. Yeah. Yeah. The grandpa. the grandpa. But, uh, yeah. Father Marvin will go with that. Fa- um, Grandfather so Marvin. So he's 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 doing the um Blue Line launch up there and Wooger is I think it's like our first year or something like that together, you know, and they just love to needle um gophers. They they do. <laughs> and so uh Mr. Marvin god darn it, I can't think of his first name. I'm feeling like an idiot. Um he says, Wooger, and then he rattles off all the guys that I had worked with through North Stars. Oh, no. He says, Tom Younghands, uh, Freddie Barrett, Wally Shaver, Tom Reed, Reed Larson, Wooger, be careful. This Mazako guy is going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> He'll run you out of town. And and you did. Well not really. <laughs> no, no. No, no. We both got the same boot and the rear end the same time. Just about. I think the Wooger was in the booth for at least one year maybe with uh No. Mm. They they broomed us out um hmm. actually, you know, that picture of John Harris that does everybody know John Harris or just am I the only one who doesn't know him or
0: <laughs> I'm not sure who John Harris is.
1: The, oh, the golf, okay. the golf guy? No, the, no, no. Okay. Uh, probably a more famous John Harris now. He he's the one that wore that woog uh, shirt. You know the quote that I put on oh, Twitter.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, his name is John Harris. Oh, and, okay. And now he's more famous. Um, <laughs> so that was like, um, I mean, that was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That was four days before we got the axe.
0: Really, oh, wow. oh, so that's when yeah. you saw that you saw that shirt about the wheelchairs quote
1: yes, oh i that's the one I'm <clears throat> referring to.
0: yes, well, it's this one. you played it on the show the other day uh with the 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 Mzo- or the mazako the Motsko show
1: yes, everybody in the building standing except people in the wheelchair They're, everybody's up,
0: <laughs> you know, I just happened to capture that because that was back when I was doing the little highlight videos on the website. Um. Uh-huh. So I was always capturing your guys, you know, recording the, the games. And I believe you actually came and you sent me a message or you emailed me, you say, Hey, he said this, look for it. And I went back and I found it. And that's the thing I saved from it.
1: <laughs> I mean it's
0: just classic. It, it well that's
1: that one, yes, but I, I still think the other one is is The Urinals one. It's funnier, but unfortunately every time I tell it, I've got to explain to people. <laughs> yes, Nova Novosibirsk, or however you say it, is is a real city, and the Urals is a mountain range, folks. For those of you who didn't get through high school geography, um, <laughs> but I think that one is funnier because Doug was a geography major. Are we talking cryptic here? Are we talk, <laughs> speaking in tongues? Do people know what we're talking about? Oh, well, they definitely do because the, the people oh, okay. listening now
0: are. I have been following the Uyghur for a long time, and uh, I don't think – you don't need to explain this one at all. We all know this one.
1: And it's a lot better to fly from Vancouver than it is from uh, Novosibirsk, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And the Novosibirsk is just on the eastern part of the Urals, folks, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I actually have a video of you recalling that story at Tom Reeds for your, Um. quote, retirement party. Ah darn! <laughs> Back in that year, and you were you were like, "Is Doug still here?" And then he said, "No." He's like, "Oh, good." Well, I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> Did but
1: you hear you me two, laughing in that? Me laughing was was unrelenting. I have I have this rope that I have, had in the booth, and and when he would go, I would just you know give him as much rope as he wanted. That that night, I gave him a hundred feet. so "Doug, <laughs> do you want a hundred feet, or go, goes go wherever you want to go with this darn thing." um uh and we'll laugh with you got it you know it's just great to hear his voice too uh it is. He, he just you know he's got that uh there this humor is just built right into it
0: yes yes uh, cool.
2: i bet you've got to have a couple stories about the wooger don't you oh man you know growing up my era he was <laughs> such a part of go for hockey and just seeing him around the rinks and things like that, you know, you just wanted to engage with him and talk to him. And he was always a guy who was up for a conversation. And that's one of the things I remember about Wooger. You know, you didn't have to be an insider to connect with him. You could just be somebody at a hockey rink and he'd he'd give you a story or two and maybe, you know, tell a tale or, you know, have a, a memory to share. And I think that's one of the the best parts about the Wooger is how engaging he was with everyone. Uh, he you could be a was.
1: hobo in a railroad yard. He'd strike up a conversation with you. He was, <laughs> he was a beauty. <laughs> I no, I'm, you know, I, I, I tried to clean that up a little bit, but we were in a, in the hotel lobby in Madison, waiting for the shuttle to take us to the rink. Mm-hmm. And he walks up to this guy and just says, hi, you come here <laughs> with your family often? <laughs> this guy doesn't know him from adam i mean this what, uh.
0: you, you know i was actually listening to chad hartman this afternoon on uh on wccl uh, and he was talking about the wuger and he was saying there was one time he did a show about a couple years ago to two or three years ago where doug called in on the show but didn't say he just wanted to talk about what they were talking about and it took him a little wow. while. They're like, they're just talking to, you know, somebody calling in. They have a question or whatever. And it, it was the Wooger calling in, talking about the subject they were talking about. He couldn't remember the subject, but he's like, all of a sudden he realized he's talking to Doug Woog, Because Doug Wood was just fascinated by what they were talking about.
1: <laughs> that, you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. Doug, Doug, Doug was a deep person. He had a lot of interests.
2: You guys could go on a few tangents on the air from time to time.
1: No, no, no. no, Not you guys.
0: (laughs) Well, there's that famous – there's a famous Craig Floor story that I've – he's told many times. Who's Craig Floor? (laughs) Craig.
1: Well, come on. For your audience. Well, the audience
0: people typically know Craig Floor is – well, he runs Mariucci. Let's just say he runs the whole complex, Mariucci and Ritter. He is the manager. He's just the man behind this – behind the curtain. I mean he's been there for over twenty years. Um he was observing you guys up on the T V booth one time and and <laughs> and the Wooger was just he was going off on one of his tangents, not paying attention, and then he he witnessed you just uh clap your hands out in front, you know <coughs> just <laughs> and point to the ice and say, Hey, hey Wooger, there's a game going on <laughs> and he witnessed this and almost fell over
1: uh, uh, is that story true God, I Frank think, I I don't remember it <laughs> but I don't but Craig has told it so many times that it's become true and I, I do not deny it. I, deny, I would never deny that story because I could easily see it happening <laughs> Oh, boy. you know his tangents include let's start naming the tangents we don't have a time constraint here do no, we? we have we, we
0: don't have to go to commercial we can do whatever we want here Frank
1: uh, <laughs> I remember piliated woodpeckers. I remember uh the rally bat. Do you have that audio?
0: I do not have that audio, but I distinctly remember it and I remember Him. at first the, the Wugger actually being concerned. He had concerned his voice that there's a bat in his in his arena. Yeah. <laughs> he was concerned at then, first then like, "Oh, that's not, his... that's not that's not really had... there."
1: He made up a tune. The rally bat tune, and he just started singing it. And the camera guy followed the bat around, and dug and then they brought it back the next night. You know, the replay and the whole thing. And, uh, so, th- so that's uh, two. I'm trying to think of what else he went off on that I can. Re- the the water heater in his cabin. I I remember that one.
0: Oh no. <laughs> and this is wh- and thought- this is while the game is going on.
1: Oh sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm looking at, at some of the, you know, the woogisms that people have sent to me. And some of them are just, um, you know, they're just complete woog. I mean, there's one where it's described. Frank and Doug were talking about construction being done at Mariucci Arena to make it NHL size. So funny thing, that's been talked about for a long time. Frank, but that's all I know about construction. I could barely lay tile in my bathroom. Doug, shiny side up, Frank. I mean <laughs> that's a conversation that happened during a game. <laughs> Shiny side up, Frank. Wuger's telling you how to do it. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. <laughs> oh boy. I mean it's it's just uh you know he he had kind of gone away from public view the last uh, couple of years, you know. We can, we saw him during his you know when they dedicated the uh change Wakoda to the Doug Wugarina in South St Paul and uh he was at the Motzko um press conference back in uh, uh end of March of uh 2018 and then uh within the last couple of months you had gone to see him as well didn't you Frank
1: Well yeah <clears throat> uh, true but there was a um there is a group called the uh, Gopher Hockey Has Oh boy uh <clears throat> which I've been made an honorary member of uh, <laughs> But it actually started with a bunch of uh, uh, of the fathers from uh, probably the mid-90s era, after their kids left the programs, and, you know, they, they became the has-beens, and probably have a lunch once a year, maybe in the summer or something. And so anyway, I mean, in the last few years, uh, Doug's been a regular attendee there, and um, he's always looked fit and trim, and, mm-hmm. you know, but every year, the, his speech was slowing down a little bit more and a little bit more, and... Um, so yeah, Micheletti and Tom Reed and I saw him, I thought it was right before the season started. So just uh, recently this fall and, um, he, he was very quiet at that time. You could, I I knew his brain was working. I could, I could still feel his thought process. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, that's one thing about working with Doug. I just, uh, I, I just knew where he was going, knew what he was thinking. And he was thinking about a lot of different things, but. It was really difficult to even hear him across the table that we were sitting at, so mm-hmm. uh it it was starting to you know the the reality was really starting to set in about that time mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> yeah i think it's it's tough when you are going through something like this, and you know you you have the brain working and you have so much that you want to say, and you have someone who's so verbal as the wooger is, and it's just almost so much work to 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 talk through it. It's a, it's a tough, tough end. Yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah. So he had in his room on a, on a whiteboard, he had, um, a a number of the sports channels listed and, um, by name and number. So he would be able to dial them in and, and watch games and watch sports. Mm -hmm. And as I was leaving, I went up to, One of the aides there—I don't know if she was a nurse or whatever—a member of the staff—and I said, "Hey, you have to do me a favor. You got to put one more station up there." I said, "You got to look up and find out when Nova is on on PBS (laughs) and put that on Doug's board because I remember he—he and I would talk about, you know, did you watch this game? Did you watch that game?" He says, "You know, I really don't watch much TV." He said, "I I mostly watch Nova," (laughs) so I wanted her to have that on that board so that that he could watch his science program once a week.
0: Yeah. It, I I actually watch Nova as well. <laughs>
1: so. I love that show. Oh, yeah. That's.
2: So uh, it's, I, I don't see anything it, strange about that. <laughs> well, if you we want are. to know how the urinals were, were formed,
1: you know, Nova.
2: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: <laughs> Beauty. Good line. Oh, how the urinals were formed. Oh, boy, Vegs.
2: <laughs> but I think that's one of the things you get away from the Wooger is he was such a teacher and a seeker of knowledge as uh, I've talked to a bunch of people this week I talked to Don Lucia this week and, you know, he mentioned how much, you know, Woog was very wary of his position in leaving as a coach and, you know, still being around the program and, and wanting to be in the locker room and wanting to teach. And one of Don's, Points of emphasis was he wanted to make sure the Wooger felt comfortable being around, and he jokes that after his uh, first win, you know he he gets done doing radio and he comes to the locker room and there's Wooger with a piece of pizza, drawing something up on the board, you know, <laughs> trying to help the kids get better and just having a great time. And Don's like, well, he's comfortable, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he liked having him around because he just saw that personality, and he didn't want to. Distance that from the program.
0: I don't think uh, the Wooger would have ever had a problem being comfortable. <clears throat> he always seemed very comfortable. Always, and he, you know what? He puts everyone else at ease. Uh, well, at least that's my he
2: does, my But he, he's also a pretty fiery competitor at times. <laughs> but I think he knew how to compartmentalize it. Uh, I don't know if you heard Micheletti this week. He tells the story of you know being a senior when. The Wooger had his first year behind the bench at Minnesota and Mick wasn't very happy with his ice time and his situation. Uh, He told, he told me that, you know, the year before he had 26 goals by Christmas. Well, when Wooger was behind the bench, he only had seven goals at Christmas. And so they had a meeting over at Beerman and they had it out and it was bleep you this and bleep you that. (laughs) And you need to do this and you need to do that. And you need to get off the ice. You need to let other people have their role and they had a you know a big blow up, and they left uh, Bierman, and they had practice that afternoon. And the first thing we did was had Pat come in for a hug, and he was able to move on. And I think they had 35 wins that year. You know, he was somebody who could be really intense, but at the same time, he he knew when to let it go and when to move forward. Um, I, he I, was I, intense. I mean,
1: I <clears throat> there, there's more than a few stories of him being pretty pretty tough on players. Um, but now you, you listen to some stories going back and you hear how many more players also had this great respect for him as a teacher. And, um, and, and the fact that he was human,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, he'll, he'll chew you out, but he was also not afraid to laugh at himself oh, definitely. and, and then have a good time.
0: <clears throat> you know, I, I, Pat, I think even said on another interview, uh, Viggs is that, uh, you know, obviously they had it out and stuff, but in the end, he says, it really helped him become more of a complete player. And, and some, yeah, of, the things it, that, it some of the things that the Wooger wanted him to do, um, they got together and, you know, Pat realized this. this is actually a plus. I'm not just scoring all over the place. I'm
2: helping the team. Well, Pat learned how to be a little more productive with less ice time. You know, he was used to playing every situation 20 plus 25 minutes a night. And under Wooger that second half of the year, he was playing more 15, 16 minutes a night, but he was just as productive. You know, he had learned how to elevate his game, how to play within a system, how to really do a puck possession style that, that Wooger really implemented at Minnesota and made him so successful. You know, he was a tactician of activating the defenseman, um, uh, not dumping the puck in for the most part, and for just getting that offensive game going, that cycle. And uh, I think it helped Pat as he moved on to other coaches because you can't play like that all the time, not when you're playing up against other organized players. Well, it, it comes back to the teaching thing, Frank.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Right back uh, to teaching. Which, well, well, um, uh, I might expound on a little bit, but I think I want to go back to the – the the coaching part of it did. Did you catch the Matzko show this week? I sure uh, did. Uh, so you may be able to translate and convey this um, better than me. But didn't Bob Motzko say something about uh, tapping into Doug when Bob was coaching in Austin? And among the things he tapped into Doug was that Doug had had um, a great command of the neutral zone ahead of his time.
2: Mm-hmm. Did that
1: ring a bell? Yes. Yeah.
2: When uh, Moscow took over the coaching job, he took a midseason USHL team and just kind of fell into it. And he had obviously played and been an assistant coach for a long time, but he'd never been a head coach. So he didn't really have a great grasp of how to get his concepts across to his players. And so what he learned from Woog was a lot of how to teach the puck possession game in the neutral zone, how to get guys to understand spacing Uh, the options that they would have on the regroup and how to drill your players to do it. And from all the people I've talked to, Wug was a great intuitive thinker about this, but he also was a great person at being able to teach it to others and reach them so that they learned how to pick up the system. And he did that a lot through creative drills. And I I know as Moscow is talking to Genzel about this one day, you know they remembered a drill that Genzel had done as a player, and they're like, oh yeah that's that's the Wooger drill. You know it's a neutral zone regroup. <laughs> that's a great drill. We got to bring that in and teach it to these guys and get them to understand. You know how to flow back and and regroup behind the puck and get in the offensive zone. And as a coach, you know that's one of the biggest challenges. A lot of people can say. Oh, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. But how do you get your players to understand that and know the options? Because hockey is such a dynamic game, you just have to be able to teach patterns. and And Wooger was so good at doing that.
1: I don't remember exactly when, I, and I wish I could. I don't remember if it was during our TV days or <clears throat> even after we were both off uh, off the air, and I had a quiet conversation with Doug, and I, and I said, "What." what do you miss most about coaching? And he didn't, he didn't break stride. He barely took a breath and he said, teaching. That's the biggest thing he missed about, about coaching was being able to teach the game to the players. And I know when his, uh, I, I don't think I ever saw Doug beam any more brightly than when his granddaughters started playing hockey and he was able to relate to them and and give them some tips and teach them some things. That's what he loved to do. I mean, he was an educator, right? I mean, his, he was a, he was a teacher at South Saint Paul. I, you know, someone I mean, told me he was a geography major, but then I also read that his um, his major was in uh, education. So I'm not sure which way it went. Maybe he had a geography minor or something. But he was an educator. Yeah, that's how he came out of out of college.
2: Well, I heard a good story about when he was at South Saint Paul. You know, they needed someone to coach the soccer team. And so Wooger's like, yeah, sure, I can coach <laughs> soccer. I can figure this out. And, and the Wooger was an all-state football player and actually had scholarship offers to play football or hockey at the U. And he was a football guy. But he was tasked with this challenge of figuring out how to coach a soccer team. And in four years, he got them to the state tournament. Bingo. South St. Paul. That's a guy who gets it. You know, he yeah, had yeah. this great vision as a running back, as a hockey player, but not all players who have that great vision can teach others how to have that vision, and I think that's just a testament to his impact on the game as he was able to – I bet you give him a basketball team, he'd be able to figure it out. <laughs> Probably. But
0: basketball was his sport.
2: <laughs> it was. When he was a youth, um, he
0: played basketball more than anything else. Uh, until an injury, well, prevented until him from doing until, that. until
1: everybody else had a growth spurt,
0: and that's another thing as well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've got basketball in him, you've got football in him, you've got hockey. I um, mean, like you said, he even taught soccer. It's that variety of teaching, teaching different kids different things, teaching in school. Um, I, I, it seems like a pretty good theme here to me, Frank. Like you said, he loved to teach.
1: Johnny Sorensen, uh, current gopher, had, uh, had actually lettered in four sports, um, in um, St. Louis Park. Right, I think that's where he's out of uh, baseball, football, hockey, ping pong, which he preferred <laughs> ping pong, not table tennis. I I don't remember anybody since the Woog era that I, that had a was a multi sport athlete like that um yeah. and, and because i you know I, in in doug's day i came up with abbreviations to put in my in my notes so that i could identify these sports rather mm-hmm. quickly and almost everybody was at least a two-sport athlete
2: mm-hmm. yes he loved them he he just thought that was invaluable well i think you had a guy like joe desic <clears throat> you know, he was a mr football mr hockey and a baseball player you, know, you have these kids who come from small schools and they're able to still do that. I, I look at Jake Ratzloff now coming out of Rosemount. You know, he's got a tough choice because he, he could play D1 football. He could play D1 hockey. I've heard some coaches say he's probably got a D1 bat and a D1 arm at third base too. And it's just oh, great to see geez. those kind of athletes come through the state. Yeah.
0: So, Frank, mm-hmm. you've, you've had many road trips with the Wooger. Tell us something that uh, you haven't told the rest of the crowd this week. Whoa. Because, <laughs> you know, you guys are on the road. You're, you're you're either, you know, traveling together or, you know, on the road or, or even here. You pro- you spent a lot of time with the Booger.
1: It was pretty tame. He liked Houghton. He, who didn't? I, yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> um, You know, really, by the time I started traveling with Dougie... Uh, he needed to watch his alcohol intake. There were some meds that, you know, would would mess with the alcohol and vice versa. So there weren't, we didn't go on, you know, there weren't a lot of binge, crazy kind of stories. Um, but he would, he would go out with us in Oden, uh, you know, hit the bar scene. I don't know. It's not like we, it's not like we bar hop, but we did, we did close a joint with regularity up there. Um, I was telling Vig earlier I don't know Vig when you called me earlier today I don't remember if we were on the record or not I guess this is still safe (laughs) to tell Uh, he's coaching and after a game he says to me okay right I mean this is the kind of relationship that we have and you almost don't have anymore with coaches or maybe he didn't even have them back then he's coaching it's after the game he says to me Hey, I know where the guys, we're the guys are having a party. Come on, let's go. Well, it was the middle of January. It was so cold. So cold.
2: I, I think he did add to the story, I know that there's going to be a couple dads there as well. We yes. can hang out with them.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just had to
2: qualify this for everyone else. They weren't just going to the kids' party. There were some. Right, good, right. There going to be some dads there. It's, it's there a responsible
1: you know, Well, whatever that meant, I'm not sure. <laughs> I have never been... So this is, I, I don't know, I, will, I guess you would say it's on campus or it's just, just barely off campus. It wasn't, a, um, I'm a little out of the lane. It was an apartment just off campus, but it was right there. It was mm-hmm. walking distance. I was, I have never been so afraid to be in a building in oh, my no. life <laughs> like I was with that crowd. I don't know how the living room floor didn't collapse. There were so many people in there. Oh, boy. And <laughs> Doug and we... I think I had a beer, and I said, "I think I need to go. I think, (laughs) I think I don't want to be around here much longer." Um, And being that it was the middle of January, it uh, and I think we must have walked over there or something. And well, nature called, and I, you know, when it's cold, you just can't quite wait. So I thought I'd go to the restroom, which was up on the second floor. Oh. If I thought the living room was packed, that stairwell was packed. <laughs> I did my business, and I said, I, "This is enough." I said, "I can see trouble. I can get myself into a lot of trouble here. I'm getting out the door." Um, and and I left. I don't know if Doug left with me or if he left one of the other dads or or whatever. But um, but that was Doug. Just <laughs> hey, come on, let's go. The guys are having a good time. Let's go. Let's go have a good time and. Cheesy.
0: Well, I, you know, but- I I had uh, one small. Well, actually, my friend and I, uh, Jen, Superstar, uh, we were up in Grand Forks, 2007, and back then, everyone went to Sugars after the games, which was attached to the Holiday Inn there, I believe, up right off the interstate, and uh, we're there, and um, Jen and I were getting pictures with the Wooger. you know, that's one of the pictures I put on Facebook of me and the Wooger, and, you know, she got a picture, so we had a camera, and... uh Later on, the Wooger came up to her and he's like, uh, can you get a picture with me and my, my buddies here? Uh, apparently some old old buddies of his, either from high school or something like that, were up there to see him. And they were out with him. And, uh, and I, I'll just tell it how she told it to me because I, I was there. But I told her, hey, send me the story so I could read it. She goes, the full story. Started with him wanting a pic with all his high school buddies that were there. And he knew I had the camera if I'd take one for them. So as they're all lined up, we were joking about everyone's height. I think Booger was joking that he wasn't the shortest because we all know the Booger wasn't that tall. Um, so when I was done taking the pics, she says, while well, one of his buddies was writing down his email address so Jen could send it to him. I said, hey, you had like three inches on those guys. And he did. And he did. You know, he's three inches taller. And when his buddy, buddy was done writing the email, Woog said, she, she said, I have three inches on you guys. But she didn't say where. <laughs> and and then the and, and then Jen kind of realized what he said was pretty, kind of wow. And then he leaned over and said, "You lobbed me that one. I just had to hit it." I'm like, "Oh my! god. I was there when it happened. I can confirm this." Um, <laughs> you got you, you got three inches on these guys. Well, she's referring to the height, and he's like, "Oh boy," and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me." <laughs> But she did. She kind of lobbed it up there for the Wooger, and the you know what, the Wooger just uh, uh, he finished it all for us. Yep. <laughs> and that was after a victory up in up in Grand Forks. So that was a that was a fun night. And Wooger wasn't drinking that night. He was just out with. The, he just wanted to be part of the scene.
2: You know. Well, had, you know, after a win, you know, the pizza tastes better, the beer's colder. Mm-hmm. You think you think you're funnier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear
0: Yeah, that, that, that was around the time where you stopped going out at, In Grand Forks, Frank Because uh, we know they just love you up there
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, I love it up there too <laughs> Oh boy We are have video, this is audio only, isn't it? Okay, good, I just had to make sure No video <laughs> No video
0: um yeah I just I just got to look over some of these uh these Woog-isms on the page and um yeah apparently you guys were talking about Kyle Oposo's Im- impressive physique and the Wooger says I'd hate to get caught in a dark closet with him with no shirt on like, what Yeah <laughs> I forgot
1: about that one or I mean but you know I'm just to as long as we're on Oposo Dave Starman uh from from CBS Yeah he remembers Wooger talking about, uh, Oposo and just, he said, this kid's a, this kid's an Oak tree with arms. He says, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: that is exactly,
0: he's like an Oak tree with arms. Yeah, that is on the yep. Woogisms page.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. You, that, that yeah. I hope is preserved forever. You've yes, got some beauty. He's like on an Oak there, tree dude. with
0: arms or, or Kangas had an MD mask dysfunction. Uh, Whoa. He tried to dangle the big Johnson right there. Um he gave him the old Christian bow tie. Um yeah. gee, gee Flo must be back at the diner because this period didn't have any.
1: <laughs> oh, he he milked Flo <laughs> way too long. Oh man, did he use that line for so long? Holy smokes. He was he was quite proud of it too. Oh.
0: Vanek went down quicker than a pancake at a VFW breakfast. <laughs> um, I mean, he's talking about the flow of the game. Good pace. A lot of north and south. Or it could be east and west. I'm not sure, but either way. <laughs> I, I mean, there's just those little things. And then you, you've got all the, the little things that he would say, you know, like uh, jinniger and uh, the rally oh, yeah. compost sticks, not <laughs> – he, he hated those sticks. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we could go on and on. And I mean, there's also the story of, you know, somebody sent this to me. I've got to read this one. Um, it says, another great moment was back in 95 or 96. I was waiting in the student line up at UND to get in the old Ralph with a buddy of mine who attended the school this is
1: there. This is a great story.
0: <laughs> we got out of line and went to the arena lobby to warm up as the Gophers bus pulled in. As the players were going through the lobby, some Sioux fan was was holding a sign that read, Goofers Suck. And spouting off to the players and coaches with the entire team behind him, Woog steps up to the con and tells the kid, I will give you 50 bucks for that sign. The kid thinks about it for a minute and hands Woog the sign. Woog hands the kid some amount of money and starts walking away. Uh, The kid then yells, Hey, this isn't 50 bucks. And And the Woog yells back, You're a North Dakota fan. I didn't think you could count to 50. Obviously, they don't know how to spell gophers correctly. It's spelled with two Fs. (laughs) All the boys on the team started laughing as Woog walks away, and the kid just stands there with a stupid look on his face and no sign. Priceless.
1: I wonder how much he gave him. I really do. I mean I know that's not the point of the story, but I wonder, five I wonder if he kid wound buck. up with three one dollar bills or if he actually got, even got a five out of it. I mean, unbelievable. So
0: it you know it's it it's obviously uh it's a great loss for the state of hockey and uh, just for down to earth people. Because you know, there was nobody more down to earth than the Wooger was or Frank.
1: No. No, and he and he really he I said it earlier, he, he enjoyed laughing at himself. And, and now I remember the, the story that, uh, why I really believe that it was also in Grand Forks and it was right after the Chris McAlpine baseball cap, which is just a oh classic boy. story oh, yes. in itself. Does it need to be retold?
0: <laughs> we when I, he put the $500 underneath the hat.
1: Uh, yeah. And then told Chris, you know, you I left you some book money in my office. Look for a baseball cap under the under the desk. I told the story the other night. We had our Gopher Sports Party um, holiday uh, – I'm sorry, Gopher Sports Properties holiday party, and Mark mm-hmm. Coyle was there. And I told the story, you know, they they asked for some Woog stories, so I, I trotted this one out. And Mark Coyle was like, say, I don't hear a thing. I don't want to hear a thing. So, so it's right after. OK, so Chris gets the 500 bucks because there was a, a, an honest misunderstanding about whether he was coming back. And Doug gave away his scholarship money to somebody else. And Chris said, no, no, I'm coming back for another year. And Doug said, well, I already gave your money away. But all right, I'll help you out with some book money. Look for a baseball cap under my desk. OK, all right. So Wood gets suspended for it and, and, uh, you know, whatever other trouble he got into. And our next trip is up to Grand Forks. And we're going to pre-tape the coach's interview before the game. We're standing on the bench. And before before the rolling tape, Doug kind of gives me an elbow a little bit. And he says, turn around. He says, look at the sign that the kids got in that corner over there. And here's the kids holding up this big sign that says, hey – Hey Wooger, I need five hundred bucks. Can I have a loan? <laughs> and Doug is Doug is just laughing at himself so much. As I said, you know what? Now that's a good sign. That's a good clean <laughs> poke at him, and Doug's enjoying the hell out of it. Oh God.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just keep reading through uh, these boogisms. That shot was wide and soft. That was a Charmin soft shot. <laughs> Uh, Patoni's been banging guys all night. Um, Paul Martin had blocked a shot with his groin and then understandably limps off the ice rather slowly. You, Frank, say, uh, Martin got hit in the lower abdomen. Doug, gleefully, looks like Pauly took one in the toast there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm hoping more, you know, I'll hear more stories. I could keep this up on the website because uh we got to keep this stuff documented otherwise it's going to be um it, it'll be gone and lost and we don't want to lose this stuff.
1: <laughs> hey, Juke, were you taping games when um during the Mankato series in 08? I want to say yes. So are you saying that there may be complete copies of that epic um
0: I don't I do not have anything anymore because that was on an old DVR forever ago so they didn't actually go on tape. Um I know I had a few audio clips from it. Um that I saved over the years. Um but uh most of it, Honestly, I, most of it I, I don't have anymore. And you would know this okay. one Frank. This is you actually. <laughs> you hear, you hear Wooger at the end wow. going, woohoo. <laughs> so I've got bits and pieces, but I don't have any video left from that era. Are um, they not around because Fox sports went after you? Joe?
2: Um, his <laughs> part of your agreement.
0: <laughs> well, no, I actually, well, back then there was no YouTube. So I was saving all these videos on my website and, you know, putting little M up and things like that.
1: And, uh, uh, and then good I, for it, you, by the way. I may I say, well, well, we were doing thermal. that.
0: I was doing that because you know, people wanted to see, you know, if they missed the game, you couldn't see it again. And so, I would put, uh, I, w- I would just put these videos out on the site that just showed the goals and whatnot. And, uh, and, uh, it, uh, you know, people liked it. You know, I've, I had Thomas Vanick come up to me once and say, I enjoy the videos because, um, I can send them to my dad and my dad can see me play. And I'm cool. like, well, that's cool. and But then old Danny Ehrman uh, scored a penalty shot and a little too many people saw that video. Uh-huh. And, and then and that's when the, the hammer came down. Um, and, and, you know, these days, the, the I think the companies have just given up because you can go to YouTube and see all this stuff now. But, uh, you know, I did find some uh, – I did – it's I did sorry, sign, I, find some old videos from like 2004 that I had saved, um, like uh, like the final five and whatnot. So I've got I've got all those tiny little videos. I think I even put them on Twitter a couple about a month ago. A, a couple of them, and uh, so Frank, I have some, but not a lot.
1: Okay,
0: I wish. Well, I, did. I you know Fox of got all this the games, somewhere.
1: I would uh, I wish there was complete of that series because it was so epic yes. and it would just, I mean, I remember the play. I don't remember what the show was like. Uh, it would be fun to hear what Doug was doing. I mean, it, it was just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would love to have that one back. There was now, a time machine. Now, which game was it that uh Paul was injured?
0: Was it game two or one? It was that series, wasn't it? I Vigs, think... do you remember if it was? It was that series, wasn't it? The pole was yes. severely injured.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember the details of it though. I think it was two.
1: It seems to me we had a uh, yeah. you know an update in the third game. Yeah. Um, you know, I got I got Jim Roosevelt's pictures of it. I yeah. I, don't, I don't want to try to do it while I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> on the air here. I'll I'll disconnect something. Um, but I think it was too, because I just, uh, my brain is just telling me that, um, Saturday night they tended to, this was Tom. Okay. Hey, do we need to like recap this for the <laughs> no, we casual don't listener? Anybody. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> so Tom Poole gets injured and, uh, basically went head first into the yep. bench, the boards. Um, So all I remember, you know, so like we're just getting bits and pieces of information uh, during the rest of the game. And all I know is that I don't think I don't think we ever showed the event a second time. Yeah. And the word we got from the truck was don't say anything, but it's really bad and we're not going to show it. So yeah. boom, we didn't, and I thought good someone's got some class around here that was that was cool, and then uh, it seemed to me by the end of the night, even before we got off the air, but couldn't use it on the air because of you know nothing's confirmed or anything, yeah, but that he had already been airlifted then to rochester um, so I'm pretty sure it was the second because on my on the Sunday night, we did some updates about him being in stable condition and all and And then I'll tell you what, the other thing I wish I had is the interview that we did with him once he got back and got healthy. Mm -hmm. We did a one-on-one with him. And I don't know, you know, we'd have to find Chris Withers to see if he stashed that one away and saved it. Well, I'm guessing that... Does I do? TV stations keep
0: all this video? They must keep a lot of video. I don't know if they keep entire games. Do, do they? I mean, what's the policy of like a Fox or even an even an old like who has all the old MSC stuff? Or
1: does this just stuff get lost? That's gone. Yeah, because storage in the day was was tape? ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you know, videotape was was big, was bulky. Even three quarter inch cassettes. I mean, you you know, you tape a whole season, and you're going to fill you know, a good corner of the room. And so it becomes a bit prohibitive. And so what, I I mean, I don't know when the practice uh, started, but they, after every game, they would do what's called a, uh, a melt and they would take just the highlights from however many camera angles there are of goals and certain plays and they would put them into one reel. So now everything is condensed Um, for building highlights and future shows, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. about all that was saved. Now, legally, they may have had to, you know, hang on to some stuff in case there was a, you know, a libel suit or something. But, um, you know, like when we were in Channel 29, all of those games were stored on on three-quarter-inch tape. Most of those things are just gone. They they might be in the basement (laughs) at the university now, but they
0: might be gone, too. I mean, you think of that uh, uh, that uh, video of you guys doing on, on Channel 29, you and Wally. Um, there's a short uh, video that somebody put on YouTube quite a few years ago. Right. It's like six to eight minute video of, you know, some of the highlights of that game that somebody probably had on cassette somewhere and they digitized it. So it was, you know, the actual broadcast. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right, Frank. I think just a lot of that stuff is gone. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's no, unfortunate. I- the digital age is a little different now. You can... You know, people load this to YouTube, and it's always there but uh it's just a lot different
1: this 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 now than there was then well i'm I'm in my man cave now, and I'm looking at two fairly good sized boxes of v h s tapes that i you know I would record games and maybe come back and watch them once mm-hmm. in a while and then record another half a game over the previous game and so <laughs> so there's some VHS stuff in there back from MSC but uh, I I figured once once I retired I might have time to find I don't even know what the games are I don't even know if they're good games bad games yeah so there might be some stuff in there and I, I what I'd like to do is just find an get to a point where there's an anniversary of a game and then kind of put it out in a throwback Thursday kind of thing but uh, don't look for that to happen this year. It's, it's going to take a while.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm just I look, plus, I, I'm looking know. back at some of the videos I saved from 2004. I actually had it on a, a CD and, uh, you know, there were the highlight videos I did that year and uh, they're just tiny little MPEG videos. So they're like, you know, 250 pixels wide. So, you know, you, you could put them up on YouTube, but they're not going to look great because they're right. they were meant for a small screen. And, you know, we all had dial up back then or something real slow. So I couldn't make these gigantic videos. Sure. Like you can today. And I, I almost think now just I'd rather just pull the audio off of those things and hear that instead. Because it's, well, it, you yeah, know, keep, with, especially with the woofer, you want to hear what the woofer is saying. So,
1: Yeah, I know. But keep what you got because you'll, you'll oh, never yeah. get it back. So, I mean, even if it's small, I mean, it's, it's all we got now. It's. I mean, I'm, um, I'm,
0: I've got the... Uh, oh heck here've got uh, I've got uh, tons of videos all over the place i mean we got that that famous two thousand and four uh, Final five game you know with North Dakota and Minnesota. <laughs> so i've got this little little tiny video of those highlights and of course we're hearing you and the wooger calling that game which was was a fantastic game um, was that
1: the wheeler goal
0: no that was not the wheeler goal that was 2004 that was when um minnesota was gonna try to go for the 3 Pete and then they were derailed by duluth in the ah. in the playoffs um all right. Yeah, so,
1: so what do I have to buy you, like a a beef sandwich or a steak to get those <laughs> files?
0: Well, I can just give you a copy of the CD because <laughs> the videos are. All right, tiny. No, no, then I'll I'm, do
1: one more podcast with you. Okay.
0: I mean, you know, because okay. these are videos where they're just kind of I put together and I save them, and uh, you know, so it's not obviously not complete games. I was just playing the end of that video. It was almost a two minute video doing the highlights of that game and. I put a couple on my hard drive here, you know, that game, the UN, the UMD game before it. And I want to say I've got quite a few from that season uh, saved, but uh, I mean, that's all, that's all that's left. I mean, I'm not really sure where else we could find it. You know, it would have to be Fox somewhere. I'm I'm guessing Fox probably has uh, like those final five games. They probably have those saved somewhere.
1: Well, again, they probably just melted it down and, and have the highlights. I don't know that they have yeah. complete games, maybe they might have the highlights, which might be fine for most people and all, but there's you know there's a part of the historian in me that would like to hear the whole thing in context. I don't know who in the world's got time to do that, but
0: well well, if you um, think about it and, you know, Viggs, you know we we don't even have the miracle on ice anymore. I mean they lost a large chunk of the miracle on ice. Uh, just because of the same reason somebody
2: lost some tapes. Mm -hmm. It was a magical time. I mean, (laughs) I would, I've been talking to people about that this whole week about how during that era there was no NHL team and there was just such a pride around the program that everybody watched it. I know uh, Frank, you were telling me the story about hearing from Mike Genzel, you know, this TV contract is such a big deal. Every time I go recruiting, on Friday nights, they've got gopher games on. And that's what everybody watches and everybody talks about. And I think when people talk about the glory days of, you know, the WCHA or gopher hockey, I think they're kind of talking about the glory days of, of you and Wooger calling games.
1: Well, thank you. But I, I, um, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it was a good time, but there, there, I know there was another era and I'll, this is, not, this is not a wooga related story, but I, it was kind of a learning moment for me. Uh, it was Channel 29 days. The Gophers were doing an NCAA series against an Eastern school that I think might have been Princeton. Um, and it stretched to three games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe at the time, the Simpsons were running on Sunday night. Uh-oh. Yeah, so guess we did not get game three. Um, So I came to game three, and thinking that the crowds would be like the same that they were on Friday and Saturday, I snuck my kids in the back door, figuring (laughs) there would be plenty of room for us to sit. Well, there wasn't. Mariucci Arena was packed. The old place was just filled and, and somehow I came up from the lower level, you know, the, the fabled uh, wooden staircase coming up and came up and and kind of, you know, I'm, I think what I did is I followed the team. After the team got up the stairs, I went up. I just kind of wanted to feel what, for what was going on. And I hit the top of the stairs and the tunnel that then leads past the visitor's bench and onto the ice. And there was just this, this sea of faces in the dark stands because there was no lighting in there and the place was packed. And I thought, my God, this is, this is what it was like 10 and 20 years ago when -hmm. there was no TV and people packed this place. I mean, I think there was a passion back then. These and, you know, so yeah, nice. I mean, the TV golden era was a big part of it probably because it got out more statewide, but go for hockey has been, as we know, pretty damn big for a,
2: a long time. And, and but, I, but I think it kind of took that crowd to another level. Like I I grew up going to old Marucci and sitting right behind the penalty box and having students run down from the upper deck to scream obscenities at Northern <laughs> Michigan players and expanded my vocabulary. And you know, I grew up watching Goldie perform on his little catwalk behind the goal. You know that that was. One level of go for hockey, but to see it, you know, be on TV as people remember it every Friday and Saturday night at seven, yeah. with the pregame and the postgame. You know, I think it was just a different level and a different time that people much, people really re- reflect on fondly. And, how and, much did and, the new arena play into that? Uh, I mean, it totally changed the atmosphere for sure. Yeah. You know, you had that kind of old dark building that got really loud and you couldn't quite tell what the fans were in every big play, it seemed like everyone had to stand up and you just had that energy in the building. And it's, it's a little different than the big open bowl. It's a yeah. great place to watch a hockey game from your seat, but the atmosphere is definitely different.
1: And Wooler knew that right away, when right after the building opened. Um, <clears throat> he said, you know, maybe maybe we made a mistake I'm putting these theater seats in here because now everybody just sits and doesn't do anything. And I said, no, Doug, you, you had to put chair backs in here. You, you know, (laughs) you you couldn't just build a new $20 million building and and just have bench seating. Um, Although, you know, there are still plenty of college rinks around that that do have sections of bench seating probably for the same reason, but yeah, you're right. The, you know, being able to sit back, uh, kind of took a little bit of the crowd out of the game. But I also remember <laughs> there were plenty of games there when that place was deafeningly loud.
0: Oh, um, yeah. When when the, quote, new Mariucci is full, it can be deafening in there. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be very loud. I mean, just go back to that, that penalty shot by Danny Ehrman. How much did yep. the roof go off when he scored that goal? Because yep. it had been a long time. Since, and you even said it in your call. It's been a long time since we've seen one of these, a penalty shot, because they just weren't yeah. called. And then there it happened, and it was against North. It was against a big rival in Wisconsin, and, and the place just blew up. <clears throat> and and well, I've said this for years, and everybody knows how I feel about this. Mariucci is still the best place to watch a hockey game. I don't know if there's better sight lines uh, in such a large arena, because it is steep. You're above the glass. You, mm-hmm. There's... It, there's not a bad seat. Well, um, and th- and that's what I I've always said, yes, the crowd is sits on their <laughs> hands quite a bit, but uh and and you think about it, you know, you think the golden age of the WCHA in the 90s and 2000s and even in the 2000s, you know, you guys are, are on Fox, you're competing against the Wild, you're competing against these other pro sports, the Timberwolves. And the Gopher hockey broadcasts are routinely beating are getting better ratings than Timberwolves, mm-hmm. than the Wild, by a full ratings point. That might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but Frank, you know in the TV business, a full ratings point is a pretty large margin when you're talking well, sports like that.
1: I uh, Especially when you don't have much of a margin to begin with. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the difference between a 2 and a 3 and a 4, which is about all our ratings were, I mean, that's still pretty, that's that's significant in in terms of you know we'll double of this and double of that you know it's obviously not a a, a 10 rating or a yeah a 30 like you know when there were only three network stations but yeah w- we did when we hit i remember one night when we hit a 275 mm-hmm. now it's channel 29 as a matter of fact i think channel 29 had a 275 one night. We were ecstatic. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you guys became part of the
0: culture. You know, you and the Wugher, and actually, and you and, and Tom Reed, uh, it, you're in the movie Fargo, for gosh sakes. Because someone's watching a for hockey game in the yep. background, and, and we hear your voice in a, in a freaking movie, because um, you guys kind of became part of the culture in this area. Well...
1: And Thanks. you still get those yeah. big residual and
0: checks of three pennies every
1: every month. I don't even. I don't even <laughs> good luck. Uh, there's actually there's three movies I can't remember. I, I uh, I've been hoping that you your resources I, would find them.
0: I I do. And honestly, I don't but.
1: remember if it was Grumpy Old Men or Grumpy Your Old Men. Probably both. That was one. Probably both. Did you think both?
0: <laughs> well, it, it it fits it. <laughs> It and then, I don't know, was it one ends. of the
1: Mighty Duck movies?
0: I'll have to defer to, to to Viggs on that because the ducks were a little on the older side for me.
2: That's right up your alley, okay. isn't it, Viggs? Mighty Ducks? I just watched Mighty Ducks. I do think there is a gopher clip, but I'm not 100% <laughs> sure which one it was. Yeah,
1: I, well, hey, let me go back to the TV thing. Um, and and the meaning of that, and importance of Doug's. Since this show is about him, yes, <laughs> uh, about his eight years uh, in the color spot, and then like ten altogether, maybe twelve, whatever it was on the desk. Doug was the face of Gopher hockey. Yes, at a time when that program was losing personality, and Doug was was there. He was the presence. Um, he kept people engaged. And I really don't know that the administration appreciated how valuable that was. He was doing a lot of selling and marketing just by his presence there that otherwise wasn't getting done. Mm. And I I don't, they miss it now. They miss it dearly, I think. Well,
0: it's 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 definitely been a topic on uh, on this show, Vegs That uh, yeah, if ever they needed a boost, night now it is someone like the Wooger to be out there, you know, pushing the go for hockey program.
1: There's no one fix. No, I mean, there's. Yeah, you know, we've we've I mean, definitely figured that out. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it, we we've just seen a whole sea, sea change in. In society and society and college athletics are, you know, seeing dips in attendance and the, the young, I don't know, the, the teens and the 20-year-olds have a different way of engaging. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, are they going to be sports fans? Or are they going to be TV fans? You know uh, what I mean? So there's, there's got to be some serious thinking about what happens on a, on a game night. And, and I had just a brief conversation with Mark Coyle. Things are in the works. They're they're aware of what they need to do, and they're they're making some plans ahead. I won't I can't say what because I don't know how many of them are actually going to happen, and some might just be still you know backroom coffee room talks. But yeah, they they're thinking about what they need to do in the building and around the program, and and there's some things that to me are very encouraging. I think our uh, I hope will happen soon. Money is a problem. I mean, yeah, you know they just raised a ton of money for all of the renovation they did in the locker room area, and and you know when you talk about changing the size of your rink, that's not going to be cheap. Nope. and then to do anything else for fan amenities, so we need a we <laughs> got to strike an oil well here somewhere. And get some <laughs> Pagula money going.
2: They're working on it though, Vigs, aren't they? Yeah, they're working on it. I know, you know, the first step is going to be this M Club room, which I think is going to help them maintain that engagement with their history and their past and, and keep those people around the building. Because we know hockey's kind of a cult. And if you can't keep your natives happy, you're going to have a hard time recruiting more people to that cult. And I, I think we're going to see that. We're going to see the weight room finally come to fruition and, and get that started here during the second semester. And so you're going to have those small steps. But I think it's just going to take people because the, the difference between TV and live sports is the connection. And that's what you need to create. And people like Doug Woog, even for people who didn't know him really well, felt that connection. And so when you're an institution, if you want to be successful, no, there's a lot that can go into it: selling beer, cheap tickets, winning. But you want people to have a connection to that program and a, a desire to want to be there and support it. And that's that's lacking a little bit right now. And it's a it's a big challenge for Mark Coyle and his team to to find solutions to. Boy, is it ever!
1: Yeah, oh. you, know, you know, and unfortunately, it's just it, it it's not going to be. It's going to cost some money. I mean, when you look at the fan experience, whatever all of that is, there's a lot that goes into that. And I don't, I, you know, that's playing to several generations younger than me. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a, I, I'm not a real good pre, um, predictor of what uh, is going to be good demand, but they got to find out what it's going to be to tap into people and get them back. Win, you know, winning is going to help. No, No question about that, but.
2: That's the first thing. Um, that is the very uh, yeah. first thing right there is winning. Well, it gives them some mom- momentum to move forward, but it's always more expensive to rebuild than to support. And they're in a stage where they sure. have to rebuild. And it's going to take some efforts from the ground up. I was talking to Micheletti today about how when he played, you know, they would take the team on the road to Towns to play little inter-squad scrimmages. And he he had the team come up to Hibbing, to, to play in his old, you know, barn up there as kind of a way to show ca- showcase Pat before his senior year. You know, I think there's some things they are starting to do a little bit of community engagement. You see the Edina guys go back to Edina and, and skate with their youth programs. Uh, you saw Johnny Sorensen go back to St. Louis Park and, and do small things with their association there. But those are the kinds of things that can create, you know, legacy situations and engagements for the program that I think they really need to focus on.
0: It's 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 gonna be a long road, but uh, it's
1: doable. It is it doable.
0: doable. I mean, you know, Vigs and I have talked about this a lot. Um, some of the stuff they just weren't prepared for. I mean, in the past, when you have eight thousand season tickets, you only have to worry about selling a couple thousand a game, and with a successful team, that's pretty easy. But now you've got under five thousand season tickets. Now you basically have to sell the same amount or more in in every game for a team that's struggling. So it's just a, it's a huge kind of mountain that they weren't prepared for. And, and honestly, I don't know if they could really see it coming. I mean, just so many things happened at once here Viggs and uh, now it's just going to take time.
2: It will take time. It'll be important for them to, to remember where they came from and, and figure out if they can connect with those again. I think uh as they pay tribute uh the Wooger here over the rest of the season, I I know there will be multiple events planned for that and multiple ways to do that, but I think just that history is something they'll they'll be focused on here. Frank, are you? Have good? they
1: announced uh I I I saw an internal email. I I know that there are two games on tap, but I don't think they've announced. Uh so there are plans for two games uh in the future. Uh, celebratory kind of things. Oh, so all I can say right now is just uh, watch for them. Yeah. I think they're going to be fun events. And then you know the uh, the community memorial or celebration of life. Yep, that South St. Paul High School that's been pretty well publicized. And yeah, I, you know I know I was talking to um, Jan Woog, his, his wife, and uh, she's she made it she made it sound like come one, come all. You know, I mean, they do. Yeah. They they want to. They want a bunch of people there. It's going to be very informal. She said there's going to be no meet and greet line. We're not going to have a receiving line of the widow and all the you know the bereaved. Um, but it's just going to be come in. They're going to have a little program at one o'clock. They're going to tell some stories, and people are just going to get together. And I thought that's that's a pretty darn good way to do it.
0: Um, I plan on going. I'm going to bring my camera and it just uh, and like I said, just have a fun time. And that's why I think what yeah. they want to do just. Let's celebrate um, because that's what the Woogur would want us to do because, boy, have fun. And I probably you what- want
2: you to go to the Croatian hall afterwards too <laughs> <That brought me laughs> and share home, yeah. stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it, it is a little odd, though, that we, we lost both Glenn and the Wugger on the same day, four years
1: apart. Yeah. I mean – and you know, Jesus! No, I mean, now we lose Scott Kleinendorf. Yes, uh, you know, in the same month as Doug, and I mean, it's holy smokes!
0: And, and we know that uh, you know, Glenn bled maroon and gold as much as anyone else. And uh, I, it was, you know, because I remember seeing a memory come up on my Facebook that day. Of you know, I had some pictures show up of Glenn when they did his on-ice retirement and whole thing, um, a couple of years back. And then I'm like, ooh. Oh boy, that's you know, it's four years ago. You know, Glenn died four years ago, and then just a few hours later we hear about the booger. Yeah. and uh, and now everyone's gonna be saying next year we gotta keep everyone safe on that day.
2: Just yeah, two two definite talismans of gopher hockey. You, know, you got uh Sam Moore who could find a way to give three stars to gophers and eight zero loss. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, that guy, he took a shot in the toast, you know. <laughs> you sure. you know, goalie, he defaced an onslaught. It could have been 16 nothing if he wasn't in there. Uh, you know,
0: I've actually got a small audio clip of Glenn here that I wanted to share with you guys. This happened back on uh, October 16th, 2010. And uh, this is, you hear Glenn, you, you have to listen quietly, but uh, you can tell Glenn was not happy here.
1: To
2: Rubenheimer. Got it onto the right point. A shot from that there. Goes. The
1: puck is loose in front. The plack, the rebound, is oh, gone. And knocked in by Zon Rubenheimer. Oh, sorry.
0: And, and if you didn't catch that, that was live on the air. It's Glenn in the background <coughs> saying, Ah shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I I believe this is that happened a couple times, but uh somebody sent me that audio file years ago and I I held on to it and uh, there's Glenn under at this breath. I mean, because I mean, it, it it hurt him physically every time the Gophers lost. <laughs> and there he is. I, I don't think you'll ever do this on the air with Wally Frank, but uh, Wally's had to had to <laughs> keep Glenn in check quite a few times. I <laughs> hope uh, <and clears throat> I hit that again. <laughs> And Ashet, and, uh, shit, and uh, please don't ever do that, Frank. <laughs> we want to hear you on the radio for a long time.
1: I um, yeah, I don't I know if the...
0: they'll give you the same kind of pass they gave
1: Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> no, I say I wouldn't get. They wouldn't give me rope. They would give me a piece of string. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we need to wrap this up. We've been going for over an hour here, and us old guys need to get to bed, don't we? <clears throat> But Frank, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know you've been uh, overwhelmed with uh, requests to be on radio and, and and all over the place, other podcasts, and uh, and, and everybody's always going to link you to the Wooger. And like I said, that's that's a great thing. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on and just and just talking, just you know, just,
1: just sharing stories. Um, and I appreciate that. I mean, I think that was the first thing I asked you when when you said, "Can you come on?" I said you know can can we just bs for a while or do i have to and so it's been fun i hope uh i hope we've kept everybody engaged here i hope whoever's driving listening to this you know maybe they they, they're in duluth by now (laughs) maybe (laughs) Uh,
0: but yeah we'll definitely have frank back on again you know he's he is one of our regulars on the podcast and he has been on the podcast more than anyone else. You know? And now he's wow.
2: indebted to you. To you. So, why is he indebted? For that, for that video file you're going to give him. Yeah, oh, I I've, I've got
0: quite a few video files. I'll I'll find them and I'll I'll have to, I'll bring them to the next game and show them to you, Frank. You'll
1: get all excited. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Vigo's got something going there that you're you're not quite picking up on. <laughs> I don't. You know. know, you know it's like I'm explain it to him, huh? I'm not. I'm not going to say, Craig. You can use those and hold me hostage to get back on the air more often. Uh, you <clears>
2: exactly. I that. think we. I think we should be parceling those out so we can yeah. get them on more yeah. frequently. Well, all right. Listen, <laughs> just give
1: me some advance notice because every time you call, I got to find some way to load Skype on my <laughs> device here, and I, I use it once a year. Okay. I'm tech savvy, but this one oh, befuddles yeah, me. Yeah, we
0: know. Well, yeah. we had you on not too long ago and you'd already deleted it so of course you thought it'd be a long time but we got you back right. on it but we're right. really glad you came on frank i know it's a, it's it's a tough week you know we lost the Wooger, but uh there's just so many good memories there and uh, we're glad you came on and shared it with us
1: uh thank you uh my pleasure and dupe and Viggs for you guys always i'll be yes. there
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the GPL Podcast. I want to once again thank Frank for coming on and celebrating Doug's life with us. Um, For those of you listening live, we'll probably not have much of an overtime here because it's late. We need to go to sleep. Um, But we'll be back in January with our regular podcasts. Uh, So have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.